You are listening to episode 28 of the Simple Farmhouse Life podcast. As much as I would like to just go on with my completely normal content, share my birth stories like I plan to do, which don't worry, I will, just almost seems weird to be talking about normal things when such chaos and uncertainty is going on in our world. So again, I'm going to be sharing some related content to that, and today I'm going to be talking about anxiety and what I do to help feel less anxious in times like this. My name is Lisa, mom of six and creator of the blog and YouTube channel Farmhouse on Boone. Join me as I share with you my love for creating a handmade home from scratch cooking and a little mom and entrepreneur life along the way. I cannot wait until it is summer. I just imagine myself outside. Our whole property is hidden by trees and green. Right now, you can see the road, you can see a house over there, but in the summer, I feel like we live in the most magical place because we are completely surrounded with trees and beauty, and right now, everything just looks dead and cold. It's raining today, and obviously, you all know what is going on in the world, and having that hope of summer right now is keeping me going. I have trays and trays of seedlings growing, which helps me to stay focused on that. I have a windowsill full of fresh plants. If I can't see the green trees by the barn, at least the barn is kind of flanked by the plants that are on my windowsill right now when I look out at my barn. But with all that being said, we do have some moments to get through between now and then. We are still under quarantine. It is still cold and a lot of us probably still have anxiety about what is going on in the uncertainty. How many lives are going to be taken? How bad is our economy gonna suffer from all of this? There's a lot of questions, and quite honestly, we have very little control. I've been reading the headlines, I've been listening to the Senate and the House and President Trump all talk about things, and it makes me realize that I have zero control. All I can do is stand here and get mad about it, but there's absolutely nothing I can do. I sometimes wonder what is the point of even following along with these things. It's good to know what's going on in the world, but to an extent, our mental health is important. And I want to enjoy this, this time right now, even though we're going through uncertain times. So I'm gonna talk a little bit about worry and hopefully bring you some encouragement. So first of all, I have some stories to tell you as a mom of six. I have done my fair share of worrying. I was just reading back through a blog post I did. I did it, I think about two years ago. I was pregnant, yeah, it was two years ago. I was pregnant with Micah. It's such a silly story now, but I can see why I was so concerned at the time. So I was gardening and we had an outdoor cat at the time. We actually had several that would hang around in the neighborhood and they would use a corner of our garden for their litter box. As gross as this sounds, I picked up a handful of that certain area while I was planting our garden. And I didn't think too much of it. Of course I went in and I washed my hands, but I wasn't hyper aware of like washing them absolutely perfectly. I did wash them well, of course. Anytime you touch something like that, you're gonna wash your hands. But later on, I got to thinking about it and I remembered a time when my midwife asked if we had cats. And I was about 10 or 11 weeks pregnant with Micah at the time and I had never known why they asked if you had cats. I didn't really know anything about it. 
but I decided to do some Googling, which is the worst idea ever. If you are a mom, oh my goodness, lay off the Google. I decided to Google it and basically I convinced myself that the baby was either going to be born blind or not be born at all. I had myself convinced it was the worst thing I could have possibly ever done ever. If you're unaware, there's something called toxoplasmosis. It can be extremely serious, so not to downplay it at all. I think it's easy for me to talk about now that Micah is two and has no issues. But at the time, and not being able to see my baby, and I was only 11 weeks along, it was, there was nothing I could do about the fact that I had touched that, and then later on I, I wondered, what if I touched that, and then I touched my phone, and I washed my hands, but I didn't wash my phone. Oh my word, I have toxoplasmosis. I remember being completely panicked about it. I wrote a blog post, and I shared about that experience, which you can read it. I will leave a link down in the show notes. It's one of the first blog posts up on my blog right now because, or one of the most recent ones, because I wanted to bring it to the front because I did share some good information, at least I think, about anxiety and worry. But reading it, I remember just how worried I was. And I, I shared a few other times as a mom where I've been extremely worried. For example, one time, I, I wrote about this on the blog post, but my husband took the older two girls on a float trip down in Southern Missouri. There's these extremely windy roads and all of the hills that you could, if you went off the road, are essentially like cliffs. I mean, they're not, but it wouldn't be good if you fell off of them. So he let his phone die on his way home. And I, all I, the only information I had is I talked to my mom because they were on the float trip too. I was home with my son, Eli. And I just remembered, I probably have to tell you guys what a float trip is. I forgot that when I say the word float trip, people from other states look at me like I have 10 heads. So in Missouri, we call going down a river in a canoe with a paddle a float trip. It's a common thing that everyone does in the summer. We have beautiful rivers. They don't have huge rapids and drop-offs and waterfalls like they do in Colorado. It's not whitewater rafting. But, and it's not a wide river like the Missouri or the Mississippi. They're just these beautiful winding rivers and we float down them and it's called a float trip. We've been doing it since I was a little kid. And I didn't learn that other people didn't call them that until I met some international students and then some students from other uh, states in college. But up until then, I just said the word float trip, assuming I already knew what I meant. And for the most part, being a Missouri girl, everybody did until I realized that that was just a Missouri term. So anyways, clarify that. I, my mom had told me what time they left. I did the math. They should be home at, let's just say it was nine o'clock. Well, 10 o'clock rolls around. And I, by that point had fathomed the biggest story in my head. Basically they were dead for sure. And I was on the porch sobbing, not an exaggeration. I was sure they were dead. And then he pulls in, of course they're fine. But this is a pattern I feel like a lot of moms go through. 
I know I can't be alone, but I will say that it's gotten better. And I have a few things I know how to do to combat those things. And I don't suffer as much from that same anxiety as I used to. Now, I probably am saying this and then I'm gonna figure out something to worry about. But I didn't have the same episodes with Daniel. And, and believe it or not, with Daniel, the kids and Luke were on a trip in Colorado whenever I found out I was pregnant with Daniel. And I was already several weeks past knowing, or not several weeks, but I was further along than I had been with my other kids when I found out I was pregnant because I wasn't expecting it at all. I just didn't think about it. I thought back the week before and I remembered, normally Ruth changes the cat litter. I've been changing the cat litter this whole time because they were on a trip. And I had that thought and I was like, oh no, toxoplasmosis. And then it completely went away and I never thought about it again. So I was able to not worry about it during that pregnancy, even though I made the same mistake as last time. Um, but I feel like I've gotten a little bit better about it. And there's a few ways I've done that. And this could help you with worry as a mom. It could help you with worry as what's going on in the world right now. First of all, I use scriptures and I'll share with you some of my favorite scriptures that I use to get through times of worry. But another thing that I do, and this is so important, is I've stopped Googling. It, I cannot tell you what that has done for me. So let me give you a couple examples of times I've Googled that have completely messed me up or derailed my sanity. I had Luke demo something and I later learned about asbestos. I really didn't know much about it before that. I started Googling asbestos and I was just sure that I ruined him forever. Now, here's the thing about that. I wasn't going to have him rip anything else out without testing it for asbestos. I couldn't go back in time. So Googling that served absolutely no purpose because it wasn't going to change my future actions. I was already convinced that we shouldn't do that again, but you can't change what has already happened. So another example is we had an issue in our house with mold. There are parts of me that wants to Google what could happen from that, but did we fix the mold? Are we going to pay close attention to mold? Can I go back in time and take out any mold exposure? No. So I'm not gonna Google it. Please don't send me any messages about it because it's already been taken care of and it's not gonna happen again. And it's it just makes no sense. There's been so many times, my sister and I, we both, we talk about this a lot, and there'll be times where she'll say something about one of her kids and she's worried and, I, and I'll look at her and I'll be like, don't you dare Google that. Just don't. I got myself into a, a, an issue recently where I started Googling. And of course, sometimes, sometimes it makes sense to Google, I get it. But never whenever it has to do with something in the past, not the future. So recently, my son Jude, he ended up having a fever and a really bad headache. This was probably about two months ago, so don't, don't tell me it's the, the thing going around because it's not that. It was a while ago. I started Googling and basically had myself convinced that he had meningitis. So I took him straight to the ER, or I guess this time it was the urgent care because I'd taken him to the ER for something stupid before this. And I learned that lesson when I had to spend 500 bucks for basically somebody to look at us and be like, nothing's wrong with you. I don't do this a lot, but <laughs> I have done it with uh, probably like a handful of times. Jude did not have meningitis. They they looked, gave him a look over and told me, you know, he's completely fine. You just need him to rest. 
and uh, I felt stupid, but at the same time, something like that, that makes sense because you can go and rule something out that could deserve medical attention. But anytime it's something that has already happened, there's nothing that you can do about it. Just put the phone down, pray about it, but don't think about it and do not Google because it's only going to terrify you for something you can't change. I don't know if you've noticed this, but anytime I put symptoms into a symptom checker, if my kids have something or I have something, it's always either a common cold or cancer. That's what happens when I find myself Googling and not going to more reputable sources and doing research in a more responsible way. I am a researcher by nature. I've always been that way. I love to learn new things. I just like to use sources that I know are going to be good sources so that I'm not put down this path of fear, which happens whenever I just go on the first website that pops up on Google. And you know, really, I just don't like to think about things that I can't change. It's the same reason why I don't look at my investment statements. So anytime we get uh, statements, quarterly statements from our investment accounts, our retirement accounts, I throw them straight in the burn pile because I'm not going to take the money out. We aren't going to touch it until we are past 65 to see that it has gone down and to watch the market fluctuations, especially at a time like this, when I'm sure it's worth probably half of what it was even just a month ago. It makes no sense to worry about it, to look at it, to dwell on it. Whenever we go to retire, it'll look different than it does now. I am not looking at those things. I don't like to look at things that cause fear and I can't change. I'm going to read you a few quotes about worry from my blog that really put things into perspective. Worry never robs tomorrow of its sorrow. It only saps today of its joy. That's from Leo F. Oh boy, this last name, Buscaglia. You guys probably know that. And so sorry for butchering the name, but again, you can find the source on my blog. When I look back on all these worries, I remember the story of the old man who said on his deathbed that he had had a lot of trouble in his life, most of which had never happened. That's from Winston Churchill. And those those two quotes just put it into so much perspective. It's also, I've heard people say that you're taking tomorrow's cares and you are handling them with today's strength. There is a scripture like that. Thinking about this one a lot, it's one I haven't thought of in a while, but definitely need to get back into the regular rotation of my memory. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own. Anytime you take worries for a week from now or a week in the past and you put them all on today, it's more than you can bear and it's crippling. I've done this even with things that aren't necessarily worries like health scares or economic depression type scares or relationship scares, but just something as small as projects on our home and our homestead. I try really hard to think about them one day at a time. So for today, we're working on fencing and we're working on something, a project we have going on up in the attic. Nothing exciting, just housekeeping type stuff. And there are so many more things I'm excited about. We're going to be ripping out a little, uh, the garden cottage because it's beyond repair and adding more raised beds. We are going to be adding some new roofs and painting the other cottage to make it really beautiful. But today we are worried about fencing 
and that attic project. I try my hardest and I, I've gotten a lot better about this with my business, with things I want to accomplish in my business, with things I want to accomplish on the homestead in doing that and giving each day an assignment and not thinking beyond it because as soon as I do, and I've slipped into this a few times for sure. I mean, I off and on slip into this. The weight of how much work is to be done is just way too much to even think about. And I find myself feeling completely inadequate to do it and depressed about it. Whereas whenever I just think about what we're going to do today, I see the project, the process or the progress on that project and I feel good about it. Okay, we almost completely got done today what we wanted to get done today. It's always about thinking about today, today's troubles, today's worries, today's projects even, and not taking on any more than just today and not letting your mind wander to anything more than just today. So for today, we're in quarantine. Today, the economy hasn't fallen apart yet. Today, I have food in the refrigerator, I have food in the pantry, I have a freezer stocked. We're working on a project, we have all the supplies for it. The kids are all safely tucked away upstairs during their nap. Daniel's laying here in my lap. He just got done nursing and he's so sweet, and he's asleep. But that is what I have today and I don't need to think about anything beyond that. I often find that the worst thing about any project or task or job that I have to do is the thinking about it and not so much the doing it itself. I know me personally, whenever I am not in the best place with this, I'll walk by, say, a cracked window. Every single time I walk past it, I'll think, we need to fix that window. And then when it comes down to it, it takes half a day to fix it. It's no big deal. But most of the, not work, but stress that went into that job was just the thinking about it, not the actual thing itself. I find the same thing with business. I'll have things I want to accomplish, like make a new Pinterest graphic for this certain post or update certain parts of my courses. It never takes very long to do. It just takes some effort. The stress and the thought beforehand is usually way worse than the actual doing. Now, of course, creativity and thinking in a positive way really is great, but dwelling on things that are undone, like if I were to walk around our property right now and look around, I would see so many things undone instead of just enjoying the time with my kids. Instead, I wanna look at the kids, enjoy them, be thankful for what we have, be thankful for the things that are done, and try to avoid thinking and worry and stress and know that it'll all come together, together over time, and if it doesn't, it's really not that big of a deal anyway. Some more scriptures that are my favorites for times of worry. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. That's Psalm 34, four. I use that one a lot. That one is on repeat in my head a lot of times. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That's 2 Timothy 1, 7. Of course, this next one, we all probably know it by heart, and if we don't, we should. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. 
and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Sometimes it just takes stepping away from social media, from the news, focusing on what's going on right now and recognizing what you have control over, what you don't, and being at peace with that. Every episode, I answer a Q&A question from my Instagram. For today's question, I'm going to take this one. How much family do you have nearby? I guess it depends on what you call nearby. We, we used to live uh, within 15 miles of every single person in our family or within 15 minutes, my sisters, my parents, Luke's parents, uh, except for a few of his siblings do live a few hours away. But now we actually live about an hour from everyone. We moved 45 minutes in the opposite direction of where all of our family lives. Now we never plan to move out here. This is actually a town that I never even visited. Luke and I on some of our adventure days where we drive around, we'd driven through this town a few times just because we've done some exploring in our area and basically have driven through and pretty much have driven through every town in a nearby radius, but it didn't really stick out to me. I really didn't know much about it. But what happened was when we started working from home, I narrowed the search for the age of the house, but I brought in the search for the location and we found this one and it was perfect for us. But with all that being said, we really don't see our families any less than we used to. We've always gotten together with my sister on Fridays. So I get together with my nieces and nephews and my sister. In the wintertime, we meet up at a trampoline park and in the summer, we meet up at parks or the pool. And usually if it's the pool, I'll just take a few kids because I can't handle the whole crew at the pool without somebody drowning. We meet up on Fridays. We both are bloggers and we both just don't work on Friday. We make sure to get, we make sure to push really hard Monday through Thursday so that we don't have to work on Fridays and we can spend that time together. Then we both spend Saturdays with our own families, but then we both, my sister and I, go out to my parents' house on Sundays. And my other sisters do the same. We do have family nearby, in my opinion, but it is an hour away. I want to start going into the Apple podcast reviews. I have been seeing so many amazing ones. So I'm going to start highlighting one or two a week just to say thank you for all of your amazing ratings. Okay, I love this one. I'm from upstate New York, but my boyfriend of going on six years is from Iowa and dreams of taking over his family farm. We're currently living in Washington and have normal jobs, but the concept of moving to the Midwest in the next few years is gradually growing on us. Listening to Lisa talk about her kids and various projects always at play and all the time she spends with the family is inspiring. It makes me feel like I could get on board with the farm dream. I've learned a lot already and anticipate that I'll learn much more from Lisa in this podcast. Well, thank you so much, anonymous New Yorker. I really appreciate that review. And I'm so glad that you're able to have a little glimpse into the farm life that we have here. I hope to share all sides of it, the good, and the bad because it isn't always dreamy, but so many things about it is what I wanted in life and what we sought to live this kind of life with our family. So thank you so much for that review. I really appreciate it. And I will share another review next week. Well, I hope that this episode was encouraging for you through the times that we're going through right now. I plan to get back to my regular, regularly scheduled food from scratch, natural living, and handmade home 
topics. I can't wait to share some more natural living things like my birth stories, but everything in this whole world feels on hold right now. It just makes sense to be there where everyone is. All right, well, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Make sure if you haven't yet grabbed my quarantine food list that I talked about in my last episode of this podcast, you can get that at bit.ly slash farmhouse quarantine. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you in the next episode of the Simple Farmhouse Life podcast.